Hello everybody, this is Evan from the Guns, Oil, and Dirt podcast, and uh, I wanted to get to the second part of our uh, 22 conversation that I started yesterday about, uh, we're going to talk today about the 22 rifle, as opposed to uh, yesterday was 22 pistol. So, one thing I'd like to uh, start with, if I could, is um, I'm not recording in the car today. This is uh, actually pretty weird for me. I'm just sitting in the basement talking to myself. Makes it uh, slightly uncomfortable because I'm not doing anything else. I'm just sitting here staring at the wall. Uh, my cat's sitting next to me staring at me like I'm retarded. It's going to be uh, kind of funny. At some point, he'll probably just start making noise just to find out why I'm making so much noise. He's trying to take a nap. But uh, I'm going to talk about a couple things. I went I went through a little list, went and looked up a couple of guns. Uh, and uh, I, I have a hard time looking for bad 22 rifles. I'm sure they're out there. Um, but really, there's a lot of opinions out there on 22 rifles. And there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, there's... I've seen a few things of those uh, old 22 rifles that, that they don't make anymore and stuff like that. And that's that's not necessarily where I'm going with this. There are tons of old ones out there. Uh, I heard the... Jeez, uh, I won't even know the name of some of these ones, but some of the ones from Sears and Roebuck, J.C. Whitney or J.P. Whitney, uh, other older things that they don't make anymore. A lot of them made in the 70s and 80s weren't very good guns and that's uh that's not something I'm going to be able to touch on I don't we don't keep an eye on a lot of the old ones but one of the things I'm going to keep an or touch on here are some of the newer ones uh some of the ones some of these are models that have been around a long time but these are newer guns things that you can pick up today brand new off the shelf and the ones that I've seen a lot of uh today we're going to start with the best and we're going to end on some of the ones, and granted, like I said before, these aren't terrible guns. They're just ones I would lean more towards for certain reasons as opposed to leaning towards others for certain reasons. And I'm actually going to give a little bit of those reasons um, just because of <clears throat> things I've seen, things I've had to deal with personally. So uh, let's just start out. The, in the class of semi-auto 22 rim fire rifles uh i feel like there is one gun that's above all the others and that's of course the ruger 1022 uh as i brought up before when i compare guns to uh for people that are looking for their first gun looking for something uh and they're not gun people i always compare them to cars and there's a reason for that, and it's simple. Um, but this is the comparison I usually make is the Honda Civic, right? Uh, the 1022 is going to be your Honda Civic of rimfire rifles, okay? For two reasons uh, that I make this comparison first, we'll start with. And, and it's the same two reasons why I like the gun, okay? Um, Honda Civic was a very reliable car. I don't know about the new ones, but the older ones used to be extraordinarily reliable um but they're also had an extremely heavy aftermarket following uh you can get any parts you wanted to from anywhere so that's the reason why i make the comparison and that's the reason why i like the ruger 1022 it's been around for i don't know since the 
70s or 80s now. I don't know when exactly when it started, but it's been around a long time, and it's a solid platform, and everybody, and I mean everybody, makes parts for them. You can find parts anywhere, and they're not expensive. You can turn a 1022 into a gun that looks nothing like a 1022 anymore. Um, and that's the reason why I'm going to start out with that's probably your best. If you want to get into shooting, planking, competition shooting, Appleseed Project, I'll bring it up. Um, 1022 is a great place to start. The has an interesting style magazine, the Rotor, Rotary Magazine, um, but it works really good for them. And uh, I'm really glad they have it. They're the first ones to come out with that. But, I mean, it's a pretty cool magazine. And uh, they have the extended banana clip magazines that hold 25 rounds. I think the little rotary magazine holds, like, 10. But it, it keeps, like, a flush-mounted magazine in there. And then they made adapters for it so you could stick one to the bottom of the other. They have, like, the star adapter so you can get, like, six of them to clip together or something. There's, there's all the stuff that you could do with that. They have, uh, like I said, the 25-round banana magazine, and then they have the dual 25-round banana magazine. There's probably some other people who have even bigger ones out there, but, I mean, that's almost something that goes without saying, I feel like, uh, anymore. 1022 uh, comes with tons of options, comes with a weaver mount, in the kit and uh i think it's a great gun and since we're on the topic of the 1022 if we're going to talk about survival rifles uh they got the 1022 takedown gun splits in half basically a little uh little lever on it little switch and uh you just turn it disconnect them and the way the gun is designed and built it doesn't affect accuracy so you can take the gun apart, put it back together, take it apart, put it back together a hundred times. You're not going to end up, you know, having any problems with accuracy. It's a very reliable, useful gun. And if you're looking into survival stuff out in the woods, I mean, that's that's probably one of my favorite choices. Um, and that's kind of all I feel like I have to say about it. If you don't know what 1022 is by now, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh if you're not into shooting at all, all right, I'm glad. Uh, look into it, really. Uh, that'd probably be my number one way to go. Uh, my number two way to go, I like the Marlin Model 60 for a lot of the same reasons. Uh, it's been out a really long time. It's a pretty reliable gun. I've heard some people, oh, I hate the Marlin Model 60, blah, blah, blah. I have one. Uh, it runs great. And this is where I get into this one. Um, the things it looks a lot like a 1022, fairly similar in a lot of ways, but it's a tube fed instead of a magazine fed. And I enjoy tube fed. Uh, I like the fact that I don't have to uh, have you know detachable magazines, so I don't lose it. Uh, probably should buy a second rod, maybe in case I lose a rod or bend one or dent it. But I mean. Uh, I think that they're a great choice for a firearm. Same thing, you can mount all sorts of optics to the top of them. And uh, they're great right out of the box. I mean, real tack driver, very accurate. But a lot of a lot of the 22s nowadays are accurate. We're not going to have to get into any of that stuff. Uh, but Marlin Model 60 is another choice that I have. We're going to step out of uh, 
the semi-autos for a second here. I will get into the AR style 22s. There, I have two choices in here for AR style 22s. And we'll get to that in a second. But these are just rifle style 22s. But I'm going to get into two uh, bolt actions. And then I got a lever action in here. And then I'll talk about the AR styles. And then I'll talk about the ones that I would... Not that I don't like them. I would just not my preferences, my the lower ones on my list that I I would might actually not want to get into, but um, so we're gonna talk about Ruger again. Ruger has a uh, RPR Ruger Precision Rifle in 22 now. They came out a couple years ago making an RPR Ruger Precision Rifle, big, large caliber bolt action rifle. It, it comes in like 308 and 65 Creedmoor probably something else by now uh but those were the predominant calibers that came in well now they made one in uh 22 this is uh going to be a little bit more expensive on the high end here i think somewhere in the five or six hundred dollar range for these things um but i mean this is a really interesting concept to a gun it's got a heavy barrel it's uh, bolt action like i said before it's using 1022 mags which makes it awesome uh you can keep running your 1022 mags and that's good for them i'm glad they did that but i mean it, this is a really interesting rifle they designed it uh as they say to be a precision rifle competition bolt action 22 so uh great one if you're gonna shoot a little further distance if you want to compete something like that i'd go i'd probably go with the, like the rpr uh ruger precision 22 which is a good choice. And then uh, moving on from that, I'm going to go with something different here in the bolt action, but this is not as built up as the RPR is built to the gills, I think, as far as 22s go. I'm going to talk about the, the Marlin XT-22 in tube fed. Uh, I like the Marlin Model XT-22 bolt action rifle, but I only like it in tube fed. And we'll talk about why later, but... I really do like uh, that option, that choice. And uh, basically, like I said, it's uh, like a Marlin Model 60 almost, except for now it's a bolt action, tube fed. Uh, you, you get them both in wood and synthetic stock. And I, this is a gun you could probably get into for around $200. I mean, bang for the buck is there. It's a good choice. Uh, if you just want to get a 22 and go out and I think I, think I may even have one at the shop. Uh, for literally like $200 flat. And that's going to be a great option. If you want to get into a 22, you want to start looking into that stuff. Um, that's a great choice. So the next one I'm going to talk about is the lever action. And it's uh, the Henry lever action 22. I think the part is, or the name they gave it is the H001 for, for the black model. Uh, it blued as they would call it, but I mean, it's a black finish. So I like the, the Henry's again, this is, uh, I think it's a side load tube magazine, but it's a lever action. So you get that. That's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, I like that choice in lever action just because hate to be the one to say it for the other reason. This is going to be the lesser expensive lever action to the Henry Golden Boy or Silver Boy, as they would call it. And I really like the Golden Boy. I like the Silver Boy, but I don't like the price. Okay, 
Uh, so you're going to pay a lot of money for it's great running gun, great looking gun. Um, not anything against them at all, especially, you know, you get it in that finish and it's not going to tarnish, uh, or it shouldn't tarnish. It probably could if you don't upkeep it well enough, but I mean, it just makes it look good. And it's going to be a gun that you're going to want to take care of if you get it in one of those finishes, but the base level to that gun in lever action is the Henry uh, lever action repeating H00122. Just a option I like. Like I said, uh, there's a couple other ones out there, but I think that's going to be your best price point. I mean, you're looking at a gun now with all the moving parts and stuff. You're in the $300 range. And uh, if you go with some of the other guys, I think they're going to be, you're going to get much, much higher. So, and that, and let's face it, I mean, Henry makes a very good lever action rifle. Um, personally, in lever actions, I usually like the Marlin, but uh, I don't think Henry can be touched with their 22 in a lever action. I think it's just a great gun. Now, I'm going to get into something where it's going to get controversial. People are going to not like what I have to say here, but uh, I'm going to get into the dedicated Rimfire 22s. And in my experience, granted, like I said, people are going to probably get mad about this, but in my experience, uh, there's only two of them that I like. And uh, some people might not like what I say, but... It's all right. This is my opinion, as I said, in my opinion, in my experience. Okay. Uh, Smith and Wesson 1522. I think it's a great gun. Um, any of the AR style ones are going to be pricier because you got a lot more going on. I like their magazine style. Okay. They got the uh, pretty straight, solid looking magazine, but I really like that. And uh, they run pretty good. I've had some experience with these shooting them. I don't like putting the conversion kits in my ARs. Uh, I understand where people come from on that, and I get it. But uh, I, I feel like having a designated 22 in AR is not a bad option to have around. Granted, these things are going to run you, this one's going to run you probably in the 500 realm for the uh, Smith & Wesson. Right up to it, maybe. Um, so it's not your least expensive option out there. Personally, bang for the buck. If you want the look of a 20, uh, you know, an AR-15, but it, you're getting a 22, this is a, this is a choice for you. Uh, bang for the buck. I'd probably still go with either uh, the 10-22 or the Marlin Model 60 if I need a semi-automatic rifle. But, you know, some people like this. I thought about it uh, long and hard, and i have probably still going to pick one of these up just because uh, I like the idea probably get one for the wife she likes the look and feel of an ar where i'm still running the marlin model 60 or a 1022 if i need removable box mags i'm getting the 1022 um but i really prefer my marlin model 60 with the tube fed over it but uh that's my first choice and uh, sorry i had to pause there for a second uh sinuses are bothering me a bit but so my second choice in the ar style 22 category uh is going to be a company that's familiar to some of you some of you may not know about them yet if you were growing up in the 90s early 2000s in the paintball scene this is going to be a company you recognize but 
Tipman Arms. So Tipman, the paintball company Tipman, that made the 98 Custom that everybody loves. I have one uh, actually sitting in the other room right now, Tipman 98 Custom. Tipman makes an AR-15 and 22. Okay, uh, just came out like within the last year or two, I think. We picked one up immediately at the store and we became a vendor for them after we they gave us one to try out. And uh, we, we put it up as a rental gun and we've been beating the heck out of it now for about a year. And the gun has run great for us. I like the way it looks. They have a really interesting magazine. Magazine comes with like a cover on it so you can't see the spring and the uh, thumb assist part. 22 magazines always come with that little thumb assist and you got the little see-through magazines. But this one has a cover over it. It has a little button on the side, a little tab that you can push in and then open it up. Uh, it's pretty cool. Like I said, it uses like the uh, Smith & Wesson. It is a, visibly looks like a full-size standard magazine. Nothing uh, too crazy. Unfortunately, in the realm of 22s, nobody goes with a standard you know, universal magazine. Everybody's got to have a problem with it. Uh, make their own magazine, do their own designs, all that stuff. So, but uh, Tipman 22 AR-15, really cool looking gun. Uh, really like it. So far, it's actually run really good for us. Haven't broken it, destroyed it yet. So I'm really impressed with that product. That's a newer uh, product from them. And uh, I really kind of like it. All right, I'm going to get into a couple of things to stay not saying these are bad guns this is where i can't come out and say like oh this is a i don't like this gun for any crazier reason other than uh there's a couple of things that just slightly bother me one of them is the savage model 64 uh savage model 64 is fine gun runs just fine um the only problem i have with it is going to be the magazines. Um, I've heard some problems from people. These are not 100% first hands. These are just the complaints that I have. The only first hand thing about it is, is the cost of the magazines, uh, at least where I sell them from and what I've seen online. They're not super cheap. And then on the other side of that, um, sometimes they can be hard to come by. And that I don't like. I don't, you know, see a lot of uh, stuff out there. And, um, you know that's just that's just how it is uh another one um it's going to be the marlin xt22 in the magazine fed i like the xt22 and tube fed and it's for the exactly the same reason marlin xt22 magazine fed magazines aren't cheap uh they're not universal to anybody else's uh gun and sometimes they can be hard to come by. So I'm not saying that these are guns that necessarily shouldn't buy or it's not a bad buy if you have them. It's just the magazines are kind of harder to come by, harder to find sometimes, at least in my experience. Um, another one I am, I am not a super huge fan of. I don't think it's a terrible choice. But um, I think it's called the AR-7 Henry Survival Rifle, and I'm probably going to get a bunch of grief for this. But, uh, like I said, this isn't a don't buy this gun. It's just I have a gun I like more in its space. 
Uh, the only reason why I'm not as big a fan of this as the Ruger 1022 takedown is mainly the assembly process. So 1022 takedown, it's in a backpack of Velcro, pop the top open, I think there's a zipper. So it's a zipper and then a Velcro tab or whatever. But you can pull the rifle out, it's two pieces, it snaps together in half turn and you're ready to go, you can shoot. Um, the Henry takes a little longer, you know, you pull it out of the stock, you put the the action on the front of the stock and you make sure you tighten that down, then you put the barrel on. That's all that is to it. I, it's not that it's a bad gun. Uh, the one I have is not very accurate. Uh, but mine's old. Fairly sure we dropped it a few times. So it's not as accurate as the uh, 1022 takedown is. And it's okay. But I really think the 1022 takedown's kind of taken up that space and like it a lot better. Um, so that's, that's an opinion thing. People are going to love those uh, Henry survival rifles. I have one. I don't hate it. But um, uh, there's just a better choice in the realm, I think. Maybe that's that's kind of what I'm going with here. Like I said at the beginning of this, it's I can't say don't buy any of these. These are just, there's a better gun out there that I'd recommend, I think. And then the one gun here that I'm actually going to say this now. Uh, I don't think you should buy it. Okay. It's going to be the, it's going to be in the AR realm of, uh, of 22s and it's the 715 okay and with this i'm also going to bring up the mossberg 702 plinkster so this is a gun that uh the 715 i have had a lot of uh i shouldn't say a lot of but a bit of experience with i have had uh you'll see it on my uh, instagram actually me changing out the firing pin the process change out the firing pin is um, kind of a pain in the butt. The 702 had this problem. The 715 has this problem because it, all it is is a 702 in a plastic housing. Um, but they break firing pins. Granted, it's super cheap and fairly easy to uh, change out. But they have this, this loop on the firing pin I'm going to get into this in a second. I'm going to talk about a little bit of the maintenance and care for these things, but there's a loop on the firing pin and the loop breaks. Um, after a certain amount of wear and tear, you know, firing a certain amount of time. But uh, the problem I have with it is, is that I get it a lot, you know, at the store. Um, they don't, they're not necessarily the most reliable uh, 22 out there. And they're again, I can talk about ammo and stuff but I, I just get a lot of complaints um, and then personal experience like I said they come in a lot with broken firing pins change out a lot of these firing pins it's fine like I said it's not hard it's not expensive it's just I see it a, quite a bit more than uh, more than any of the other ones with that this kind of problem and that's pretty much the only reason why I would stay away from it other than that you know uh, I don't think there's anything more to say about it though uh, you know breaking firing pins is a bad bad thing to have happen especially if you need it hunting squirrel or something trying to stay alive or whatever else you need to shoot at but uh the reason why i stay away from the 715 in the ar realm specifically is uh just that 
outer housing to uh, AR style thing. It's just it's just a 702 with a big plastic shroud on it and like 16 screws to take it apart. It's a extended pain in the butt. Um, I don't like the magazines they use. Uh, they look fine, but they, they're just kind of where it goes from a super skinny magazine to like the big bulky plastic box thing. A lot of their what they were doing is just aesthetics and uh, that's all that is. If you want an AR-15 looking gun, I'd go with the Smith & Wesson or the Tipman. Personally, I don't have anything against Mossberg. I think they make a lot of great stuff, but um, that one I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna recommend anybody goes after. It's uh, like I said, just a few little issues with it, but and like I said, everybody's gonna have their opinion. I'm just telling you what I've seen. Uh, I'm not gonna be the most our biggest expert in the world on this stuff, but I have some experience that a lot of people don't. Like I said, I've, I've been at a fire, firearms range slash gun store for uh, about eight years now. So I have seen some things. I do know a little bit. Um, so I'm just going to tell you basically the trends of what I see. And uh, like I said, I mean, the Mossberg is fairly inexpensive, but you're kind of running that, that gambit when you do that. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up today, I'm going to get off the topic of, of, uh, good and bad right now. Uh, and just bring up something that came up yesterday. Um, yesterday I recorded the 22 pistol review, my review, personal review, and, uh, happened to be kind of ironic because Glock had something out talking about they were going to release some new news and that new news was that they are dropping the model 44 which is a 22 lr pistol so it i think it's ironic um just funny that i was talking about that stuff yesterday and that's what they're going to talk the drop yesterday i didn't know that was coming so don't act like you know i hope nobody thinks i had any inside information i'm just a regular guy i don't know what's coming out from anybody um but that was cool I'm looking forward to seeing this thing. I've already heard a lot of complaints about uh, magazine capacity. I've already heard a lot of complaints about why they make it as a, a 19. It's going to be the size of a 19. But why, why is it the size of a 19? Why don't they go with like a bullseye style gun? Why does it still look like a, a Glock? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that people are going to say. But uh, I actually personally like the idea. I shoot a lot of Glock 19s. Um, that's actually my weapon of choice for competition and carry um, for the most part. And uh, I really like shooting it. So uh, I'm really happy with the idea of them coming out with a 19 and 22 LR. I'm uh, probably going to buy one immediately. The only thing I said, I brought these comments up to a couple of groups. Uh, one of the ones is a Glock Nation group and a few other things. But... I want to see this in uh, as a a league at the GSSF. So, um, if anybody from GSSF is listening, I'm sure they're not. This is not that big of a far of a reaching podcast yet. But I mean, if you're going to make 22, let's make a 22 section uh, for for the GSSF where we can come and plink with OA. I think that would just make it way more fun. You're going to open that sport up to a lot more people. Um, so, Glock Shooting Sports 22 League, let's see that come up. 
Um, <laughs> right now that I've gotten that out of my system, I want to talk about real fast, not, not going to get too deep into it, but 22 maintenance. Um, one thing I don't like about 22s is they're a dirty cartridge. All right. A lot of people don't think about this, but there's a lot of unburnt powder, a lot of dust in the 22 when you're shooting 22s. And I wanted to bring that up. One thing I, as, as a guy works at a gun store at a gun range, um, we do fix some stuff or, and I spend a lot of time looking at people's stuff, a lot of time looking at people's malfunctions, what's going wrong with their gun, trying to keep them safe out there. Their gun doesn't work right. I don't want them fiddling with it. I go out there, I take it into the back room and I, I fiddle with it, find out why it's not working, see if I can fix it, get it back out to them really quick. Um, one thing I'm going to bring up. When it comes to 22s, for the love of God, everybody out there, stop drowning them in oil. Uh, I don't know. I know for a long time, I kind of know where it came from. There was a whole thing where, you know, if your gun doesn't come right, just pour more oil on it. I know some of the guys I knew in the military used to do that a lot. Um, or guys I knew who were in the military used to do that a lot. Their gun wouldn't run right. And uh, they would just pour more oil on it. I don't know why uh, that became a thing. But there are some guns that needed more lube than others. But your 22 is actually not one of them. Uh, you need to lube the right spots uh, on the action. Basically the rails that the action slides down. If you have a bolt action, not as much. Um, I mean, you're not going to run into the same problem as the semi-autos. But just... just think about it really fast so what happens is with all that unburnt powder and extra dust if you add oil to it um, it gets to be kind of like a clay like a real gritty clay and it gets caked on and uh, like I said before on one of the other podcasts the the way I look at guns is there's their tools I want them to work um, and I want them to work a efficiently and effectively with uh, basically as little maintenance as I have to do on them. So what I do, and uh, also I want to bring up the fact that if one of my guns breaks apart, I just replace the part or get rid of the whole gun. I'm sorry, I'm one of those people, I don't want to sit there and mess around with it trying to figure out, oh man, it's not running right, why is it doing this, why is it doing... No, I just start replacing parts. Uh, so... I don't run into a lot of problems where my guns don't function that good. I feel like I'm one of the only guys at the range. I can go through six, 700 rounds without having a, a problem other than maybe a couple of them that don't go off, especially with my 22. My 22 is dirtier than heck by most people's comparison, but I also run it very dry. Okay. Uh, it's a little gritty. That's fine with me. A uh, little grit. It's not going to kill the thing, but it's dry. And it still runs. And that's what I'm trying to bring up to people. Keeping it dry is going to keep it running. Um, am I going to see excessive wear? Probably not. I actually run something a little bit different. I don't pour oil all inside my guns. I don't like oil. I use... Uh, I'm going to mispronounce it, but I use a little bit of molybdenum, molybdenum grease in my guns. And I mean a very light amount. I use... Uh, uh, a dental pick to ap apply grease on the few springs that it needs, but it's molly. 
This is assembly grease that we use inside engines. So it's good for high temperatures. It's good for excessive wear. Basically, I use a engine assembly grease. Um, don't use anti-seize. Uh, anti-seize has a little bit of a grit already in it, and I don't think it's very good. But, I mean, I'm talking about good, good molly. Uh, is usually what I use in my guns. I'm not telling you guys to do what I do at this point. This is just what I've come up with, and I got it. I get it. The grease I use is special from... Uh, we order it from a special place. It's it's extra high temperature rated. This stuff is actually good for something like a thousand degrees, and it's pressure rated, so it keeps its lubricity. Yeah, that word, lubricity, under pressure. And I'm talking hundreds of thousands of pounds. I don't get regular engine assembly molly. I get special molly. I have to pay extra money for it, and. Because I'm weird, I buy it. Uh, I can only get it in like five gallon buckets and let's not, we'll not get into it. But I basically bought one five gallon bucket that's a lifetime supply and I'm never going to have to deal with this problem again. And I just fill up Gerber baby food jars and then dip my dental picks in it when I need to grease something. But that's what I'm using. Like I said, I'm not saying that this is what you should do, but I'm what I'm saying is, is you should not over oil your gun. Don't drown it in oil. I don't want people out there shooting their gun and having smoke come off of it because as the gun heats up, you're cooking the oil off. That's that's not the way to do it. If you have an AR-15 and you're shooting your gun and the seam where your upper and your lower meet, if there's oil coming out of that, your gun is over-oiled. You need to stop doing that. Stop drowning these things because um, all it does is the powder gets into the oil and it makes clay. And the clay is what we're trying to avoid. And reason number two here, if you keep it lightly oiled, properly lightly oiled internally. This is one thing I learned that makes life so much easier. After I go to the range, everybody's going to yell at me. I'm the guy. I don't clean them. Uh, I won't clean my guns. I do like a once or twice a year where I sit down and I clean everything. But I don't clean them after every time I get home from the range. I barely clean my guns. Uh, I will go a whole year of matches and not clean my gun full breakdown right i'm talking about a, a full strip and clean i do a small clean after i come back from shooting and basically what i do is I, I fire up the air compressor i have a needle fitting on my air compressor and this is why i want my guns to be very dry um i will run a bore snake which is pretty simple just run it through but i bust out the needle fitting on my air compressor one of those brass long ones i can get into all the nooks and crannies and i just blow it out with compressed air I don't need it to do anything more than that. I think it should be that simple. Blow all the dust with compressed air. Uh, we'll take a old t-shirt style cloth and I will usually wipe down the outside knowing they're going in the case. And with that, I will take a little bit of oil, REM oil usually, um, or CLP. I go with either one of them, whichever one I have more of at the time or whatever first bottle I grab onto. But I will put a very light amount on a rag and usually squeeze the rag in my hand to make sure that I don't have a ton of it on my hand or in this rag that if any of it squeeze if I squeeze it and any of it drips out that's way too much all right we're that's crazy talk that's too much I'll take maybe three drops with an eyedropper maybe four on that rag and roll the rag in my hand to make sure that it gets as much of that dispersed on the rag as possible 
and then I will wipe down the outside of the firearm. Um, I don't need anything more than that. It's, it's, I think it's crazy to go overly excessive with that. But one thing I will bring up, this is where people think I'm, I'm a little excessive. Um, wash your hands before you work on guns. Um, wash your hands pretty good. Dry them well. And then what I usually do before I handle guns is I will either put on rubber gloves or um, if I don't have rubber gloves with me, or I'll do this as like a combo. If I don't, if I do have rubber gloves, I still might do this. But uh, hand sanitizer, alcohol, hand sanitizer, clean my hands, get the grease off because I've done this before when I was a kid. I had an old shotgun. I shot it a bunch of times, and I wiped it down before I put it away. But I had dirty hands when I did it, and when I went and got the gun out of the safe, like six months later, sure enough. There is a little fingerprint in rust on the side of my shotgun. And I was like, well, damn it. Like, you know, I try and do what I can, but that's one thing. I get the oils and grease off of my fingers. They're, uh, they're corrosive. There's a little acid in the oils of your fingers. And uh, just, just make sure you, you know, keep your hands clean and dry. Wipe down the gun good. Usually the last hand on it that I put in the safe, it's either I have a, a glove on or I have a rag. I'll wrap a rag around the gun the last spot I touch it uh, as I put it in. And then I'll, you know, shut the door. Um, also, firearm care. Uh, I can't say enough about the desiccant. Uh, keeping desiccant in your safe. I have a climate-controlled room that I keep my firearms in and I monitor the uh, humidity in there. And I have a dehumidifier, electric dehumidifier in the room uh, to maintain just the humidity in the room. I maintain the humidity in my house. I try and keep it below 40% at all times. Uh, I live in a very humid area, so I can't always do that in the summer, but I try to. But then inside the safe, I keep uh, reusable desiccant pouches. So uh, it's a little metal tins. They are perforated metal tins. There's a bunch of little holes in it. You pour the desiccant in it, in it, and it's supposed to suck the moisture out of the air. And um, the reusable part is in the instructions. It tells me basically at, at the end of uh, every six months, basically to a year. I don't follow it as good as I should, but they the BBs turn real dark, a uh, darker color. And what I do is I pour them onto a, a oven tray. And you put them in the oven. This is also where I have an electric oven. This comes in handy. But I can put them on the oven tray. And I put them in the oven at about 100 degrees. And just let them dry off. I have a dehumidifier too. I could probably try it with the dehumidifier. But oven works a little faster. But um, just let them dry off. They'll change color. They'll get lighter again as the moisture wicks out of them. And I usually give them about 35-40 minutes. And then I can let them cool off. I pour them back in the little tin perforated can and put it back in my safe. And I'm good for six months to a year. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. So I haven't had anything rust. I actually have some firearms that are, that are matte finish. That are not, they're, you know, the blued, but they're matte finish, not the gloss. And uh, those ones tend to rust pretty fast. And I haven't had any problems with them changing colors or anything in a while. They start to get like a lighter tinge to them before they start to tarnish and then before you start seeing them turn orange. But uh, that's been pretty good. Well, 
that's about all I have to say about that. I'm sorry. This one went a little long. Hope everybody enjoyed the content. I'm going to start talking about other things soon. I know I've been on the gun thing for a while, and uh, it's winter time, so I'll probably talk a little bit about firearms more just because that's something I can do indoors. But uh, as summer comes around and I start working on other things, I'll, uh, I'll start bringing them up. And uh, like I said, we'll probably get into things like solar, um, generators, solar on your house, um, gas generators, propane generators, stuff like that. I'm trying to get a, one of those standalone household generators. I'm probably going to go with Generac because, uh, let's face it, I mean, when you're talking about standalone household generators, that's probably the name you think of the most. Uh, looking into getting something like that set up. I'll talk, talk through that about how hard that is to do, get set up, um, what it's going to cost kind of trying to judge how much energy I'm going to use in my house. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Got some, some of that going on, math everything out, and then uh, probably talk about a little bit of off-roading. Um, you know, I got a, probably not going to do any wheeling this year. I got two Jeeps that just aren't running right now. I got them all kind of taken apart. But, uh, you know, after, after January, I'll probably start working on those maybe this summer. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll get into a lot of that stuff. So hope you like it so far. Hope you like the content. Um, oh, and like I brought up before, I mean, we're probably going to get into, um, a little bit of plants, a lot of, a lot of planting stuff as the spring comes around. I don't have anything going right now, but, uh, I'm definitely going to be digging a big garden this spring and, uh, trying to get some, some food become a little more self-sustained got berry bushes that I want to get going. I want to grow, uh, you know, most of my own vegetables organically. Um, I listened to this guy, started thinking about permaculture, culture. I live on a hill, so it's going to be pretty culture, hill culture, but a lot of that stuff. And uh, at some point here, you know, I may be going to try and start put a put in some uh, aquaponics, hydroponics, uh, can't remember the difference between the two. I think it's hydroponics is the one where it's fish. Uh, we're worried about fish just as much as we're worried about plants, but, uh, we'll get into it. I'm going to, I want to try and grow some fish here. Uh, I like fish, like eating fish. I want to get a little further off of the, off of the grid here and, uh, try and be a little more self-sustained. So hopefully you guys are into that stuff too. Uh, a little bit of prepping stuff. And uh, maybe I'll start getting into life hacks. I'll talk about uh, maybe one or two an episode and also talk about things that uh, the every prepper needs kind of thing. I don't know if I want to get super into the uh, tinfoil hatting, but there's definitely going to be a couple episodes, especially if I get some of the guests on that I want on. These Some of the guys I hang out with are real tinfoil hatters and we're going to have a ball. So uh, we'll be getting into some of that stuff in the future. So just listen along and please... Feel free to visit the uh, social media at uh, Guns, Oil, and Dirt on Instagram and visit us on MeWe. Uh, we got a little MeWe chat group going. I have gotten some feedback. It's actually the reason why I'm recording in my house as opposed to in the car. One of the guys that I know who listened to the show said uh, he didn't like listening to all the noise, the car noise. So maybe I'll start recording in the house. Um, but we'll see what happens. It all depends on time. So 
I don't know. We'll see. Things might change. Things might stay the same. You never know what's going to happen. The future is wide open with me. So, uh, but thanks for listening. I really appreciate the listenership. Got uh, almost 40 listeners now, which is amazing. Haven't been out very long, um, but 40 is pretty cool. So hoping to break 100, maybe by uh, sometime next year. If I can get 100 listeners, man, that would change that would change everything for me. So, and also let me know what you want to hear. You want what you want me to hear about, uh, talk about? I'll give you my opinion. That's what this show is kind of about. Is my opinion. You just get to listen to a person who might just be out there, kind of like you, thinking the same things you are. And and I also want to hear what you guys have to say about things. You know, some of you guys are going to have great ideas. Maybe uh, maybe just want to be on the show and talk about your ideas. For sure, talk about uh, talk about your guys' homestead, what you guys are doing, what you guys are doing for power. Um, I, I gotta, I'm on a well. I live on a well. That's awesome. Um, I got to dig another well. I want to have two wells. I, uh, I've been gathering, uh, trying to stock up on fuel. I also want to get uh, one of those big propane tanks out back. I got city, uh, I get the gas from from natural gas lines, but I want to keep a spare large propane tank, like a, uh, like a couple hundred, what do you call it? a couple hundred gallons maybe of liquid propane, keep on that property, one of the like 200 gallon tank or something like that. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I don't know if the city will let me do it, but I hope they do. Um, thinking about putting up like a pole barn this spring summer so we'll start talking about that kind of stuff what I'm what I end up getting allowed to do and what I can't do in my area uh, there's not a whole lot that I can't do you just got to pay a little permit for it but I mean how much of permits do I want to pay <laughs> starting to think about that stuff but like I said we'll get into all sorts of interesting stuff on the show that's kind of why I gave it such a broad name you know, people who asked me about their like guns, oil, and dirt. Well, guns because I like talking about guns. Oil because I work on a lot of uh, stuff mechanically. I mean, I'm always tinkering. I got to work on my car. I got to work on trucks. Uh, I'm building Jeeps. That's that's a thing. Um, got a couple classic cars in the garage. I'm going to work on those. Motorcycles. Uh, four-wheelers farm tractors i'm going to get a tractor here pretty soon i have a lawn tractor but i'm thinking about getting a bigger tractor so that's going to come up uh light and heavy construction equipment i work on um you know skid steers front end loaders uh bulldozers i've I've turned wrenches on most anything um things like that are going to come up whatever whatever life throws at me and I'll, i'll probably start talking about it just you're going to hear a bunch of random stuff. And then the dirt, obviously, because this is this is my dirt. I'm going to talk about my dirt, my piece of land. I'm going to talk about uh, earth, you know, a little bit of hunting, spending time with the land, fishing, camping, love camping, like uh, trying to, one of those Jeeps, uh, actually both of those Jeeps are, I'm going to do a little off-roading slash overlanding, building his and her Jeeps, uh, which is not not necessarily super easy or cheap, but uh, we're going to try and do it. We're trying to do a his and her Jeep trip. Um, bring the missus out. Get her to get her to have fun. Her uh, her brother and I are pretty pretty cool. Um, her, and uh, he's a big Jeep guy too. So we're going to kind of do a family Jeep outing. And uh, my parents are Jeepers. Uh, I grew up 
in the Jeep family. And uh, we're, we're going to see if we can just keep it going, you know, have fun with each other, be, be a tighter family. Uh, it's a great thing about Jeep and an off-road, and you can really bring the family together with some wheeling. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about some of that stuff. Might get into, like I said, with the survival stuff, might get into some of my experiences, some of my training. Uh, I've talked about it before, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But I don't want to keep rambling on and on. Now I'm starting to ramble, and it sounds like a sound like a crazy person. But there'll be things coming up soon. Just hope hope you like it. Like I said, hit the hit the uh, Facebook, hit the MeWe. I also have a Twitter. Same thing at uh, Guns Oil and Dirt on Twitter. So if you guys want to talk to me or anything, and please. Uh, really appreciate if you shared this with your friends, family. I know uh, the content's going to probably get better. I'm going to try the best I can to make something happen here. Like I said, I'm talking on a set of headphones now as opposed to just holding my phone while recording in the car. And uh, I'm looking into buying some microphones, so we'll get some interviews going. We'll talk to some people, and uh, we'll just try and have fun with it, all right? So I really appreciate it. everybody out there, listenership. I'll probably have a 50th listen show by the time i get 50 people listen to the podcast and then we'll get all i'll get all crazy we'll we'll start talking crazy talk um and i'll probably open up a little more as we go so we'll see where it goes we'll see what happens trying to have fun with it hope you guys are having fun with it and i really appreciate everything so uh thanks a lot guys and i'll chat at you later bye